Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast series, 10 Themes for Investing for Tomorrow, where each month I talk to an investment expert from Capital Group to discuss various challenges and opportunities for investing for tomorrow. Now, today we'll revisit the fixed income market, and I'm delighted to welcome back Flavio Carpentano, who is an investment director at Capital Group based in London. Flavio, lovely to have you back on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Well, you've been living through busy times. And my first question to you is really to give us an update on our previous podcast on the fixed income market. Where are we today? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's important to do a step back of what we saw last year and what we expect uh, going forward. Uh, in the last podcast, uh, if you remember, we expected the capital group the inflation that was actually higher that the market and the central bank expected. And that's why we were more cautious on the interest rates and fixed income in general. And uh, from the perspective, actually, we were proved right that in the sense that inflation uh, act, uh, uh, was more persistent than anyone expected. I think the good news today uh, is the fact that inflation in a developed markets, but then also in emerging market has probably reached peak. Uh, it started to decelerate. Uh, the big question mark is uh, the speed of deceleration. So how quick inflation will come back to the inflation target? That's the first question. And the se second question, which is uh, correlated with that, and that's what we discuss internally in our investment group, is really this increasing risk of recession. Uh, because these uh, sharp and quick uh, hike rates that we saw last year, as we discussed last time, started to impact the economy, started to fill the crack in the economy. We saw in the UK with the pension fund, we saw the volatility in the banking sector in the US and Europe. And so ultimately, this is causing a tightening of financial condition and a recession. Now, how deep is a recession is a question mark to understand how inflation will go down and how central bank will react. Well, just moving back to that point, the first of your two points there, inflation why is also some people talk about this obsession with the 2% target? Yeah, the 2% the target, it might sound very arbitrary. And in a way, uh, it is. Uh, why inflation target is not 3% uh, and is a 2%. The, the, the most important thing is whatever the number is, it's very important to have a target and the central bank keep the target because... Uh, at the end of the day, the role of a central bank is anchoring inflation expectation. That's what the most important thing. So if central bank today uh, come in and say, we move the target from 2% to let's say 3%, this might create a de-anchoring of inflation expectation. And when the gene is out of the bottle, then it's very difficult to bring it back. So from that perspective, you will continue to see a rhetoric of central bank to uh, work to bring back inflation to the target, which is very important to anchoring inflation expectation. But probably what you will see, given a sign of uh, financial instability, some central banks, particularly the ECB, might start to have more a pragmatic approach. Well, you mentioned the ECB, and of course, we've been looking at their policy over recent months. Do you think they should remain more hawkish, keeping the rates higher for longer? Or is that bad for investment? What does it mean? You know, how can we move to a more normalized environment? Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting question. What the central bank, including the ECB, uh, they are trying to do 
is uh, differentiating the two uh, issue of uh, price stability versus financial stability. And what they say is that these are two separate problems. We have a different or uh, ample toolbox to deal with this problem. And namely, we will use uh, interest rates to deal with price stability, and we will use uh, balance sheet, liquidity, quantitative easing to deal with financial stability. That's what they try to do in terms of uh, nuances. Uh, if they can do that and they will be successful, it will be a big question mark. But when you see today, the rates environment definitely look more normal than in the past. Adding a positive interest rate environment in Europe rather than negative is the normal. And so probably you will see rates remain higher for longer. Is a question mark if uh, ECB might remain particularly hawkish. And the question mark will go into, again, the nature of potential recession in Europe, but more importantly, government spending because we continue to see in Europe a loose fiscal policy. This is uh, also, we saw this during COVID, we saw this during the energy crisis, given the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and probably there will be more pressure on fiscal spending in areas like defense, healthcare, education. Now, this environment of higher fiscal spending maybe might start to put pressure on central bank to keep rates lower. And of course, when it comes to governments and central banks, they're under extreme pressure at the moment. Talk us through more broadly who should be doing the heavy lifting, so to speak. There are different arenas for work. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a good question. And if you give a little bit of historical perspective and you focus in Europe, uh, during the European crisis, what you saw at the time, it was a government that was more into austerity, difficult to be uh, loose or, or spending from a fiscal perspective. So this limited the growth. And from that perspective, the heavy lifting at that time was done by the ECB. Think about Mario Draghi with whatever APP heavy lifting, bringing interest rates basically negative, expanded the balance sheet through quantitative easing. Now, started to see with a big or still high uh, inflationary problem in Europe, you can start to see there is a shift in the monetary um, and the, in the in the policy mix, mix, where fiscal policy and government they are going probably to do the heavy lifting to support the growth, and central bank they will need to keep uh, interest rates relatively high for inflation. However, given the increasing fiscal spending, is a question mark if central bank they will really have the ability to keep interest rates higher or they would be forced in a way to lower the interest rate to keep the cost of funding for the government much lower. And this probably uh, create a question about the independence of central bank going forward. Well, you've touched on my next point, really, which is the true independence of our central banks. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely central banks uh, have been independent. And uh, we are not calling from uh, uh, the central bank that will not become independent. But uh, it's, it's important to highlight a independence of central bank is a quite a recent phenomenon. I mean, in the U.S. was more during the actually the high inflationary period in the 70s and 80s, where the Fed become truly uh, uh, independent. If you look at the Bank of England, it became uh, truly independent just uh, late in the 90s. Uh, so it's a relatively new phenomenon. What we see is that uh, uh, there, there is an increasing risk of, given the high need for government spending, 
at some point, governments, they might put pressure on central banks and put that independence in uh, danger or in question. If this happens, this is, of course, inflationary in nature. What I mean with that, it will create probably more uh, inflation in the system. And that's why to, to uh, also summarize, we discussed last time that inflation was expected to, to stay higher in the, in, the, in the short term. Today, over the short term, we see inflation is going down. Over the very long term and secular horizon, what we discuss internally, if this uh, high inflation uh, level will stay higher uh, for longer. So inflation will come down, but probably not at the, at the central bank target. When it comes to volatility, we are living in an age that many of us and many newer, younger investors haven't lived through before. How should people think about this period of volatility? And what do you suggest for newer investors who haven't got that long-term perspective to ride this wave of volatility? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, for, for younger investors that they uh, invest money just over the last uh, 10 years, uh, so before these uh, increasing inflation and increasing rates, they live a period of uh, so-called Goldilocks, low growth, low inflation, uh, central banks suppressing volatility through lower interest rates and the plenty of liquidity. So young investors, they haven't experienced uh, volatility. A capital group, we have the luxury of managing fixed income for 50 years, five zero, And so we went through different a period of uh, uh, high volatility. And uh, the last two years is a reminder that uh, actually volatility has increased, has increased dramatically, and how important and crucial is really be active and be flexible. So we appreciate that uh, there was a big growth of passive ETFs and they, and they benefit also from a low level of volatility. But now in the high volatile environment, the case of active, which was uh, strong, now it's much stronger. So Flavio, final question and coming full circle back to what this podcast is all about, fixed income investment. Is it a good idea right now? Why is it a good idea? And give us your magic guess for the near and long-term future and how investors should be viewing this. No pressure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, unfortunately, the, the magic guess is not the, the right thing. No, no one has the crystal ball and the, we should invest based on, on, on prediction. Our view is really fixed income has become uh, quite attractive uh, in two ways. One, from a long-term perspective, uh, fixed income is definitely uh, relatively attractive because uh, if you feel that uh, bond investing is mainly driven by math, uh, which is why sometimes people think it's boring, even if it's not. But, uh, but reality is that the yield of a bond, the yield of a portfolio is a proxy for your future total return over the long term. And so today, when you started to invest a yields that they are quite high across all the fixed income spectrum, government bond, uh, investment grade, high yield, emerging market, the yield is quite attractive, the level of yield. And so in ways, uh, is a way to lock in a uh, higher yield for longer. And that's why over the long term, you might have an attractive uh, total return opportunity potentially. Uh, on the other end, we appreciate that uh, clients uh, they focus sometimes on the short term and the uncertainty over the short term is, is quite high. Now, uh, we don't think timing the market is the right approach. 
Uh, and so even in a period of uncertainty, uh, gradual investment and, uh, and staying in the market is important. But then also without having a crystal ball, what you can think is in terms of scenario analysis over the short-term period and uncertainty. And if you look at scenario analysis, is really the worst case for fixed income today is a case where you have a reacceleration of inflation and central bank that will hike rates more. Now, this is the worst scenario, but then also is the least likely uh, for uh, uh, scenario. What you will see more plausible is uh, either inflation uh, is slowing down, but not as fast as central banks want. And so from that perspective, central bank, they will keep interest rates higher for longer. So they don't have the ability to cut rates. In this scenario, rates re remain range about, and you as an investor, you earn the yield, the income of the portfolio, the carry, which is positive uh, for, for investors. There is another case where actually you probably enter into a recession. And so this will uh, ultimately uh, bring inflation down much faster, probably, and central bank probably are going to cut rates. In this environment, fixed income, and in particular, the high quality part of the fixed income market, mainly government bonds, they will perform well because you will pick up the income, the carry, and on top of that, you will benefit from price appreciation from cutting rates. So in this uh, last two more plausible scenario, you will say that even in the short term, fixed income is likely to perform well. And again, if you rethink about the long term, because that's also the way capital growth, we think uh, fixed income market, given the yield is a proxy of your future total return and yields are quite high, remain a quite attractive opportunity. Well, Flavio, we're very grateful you're a mathematician and not a magician. Thank you so much for your time. And to all our dear listeners, if you want to find out more, you can check out our podcast, Soul Investments, on the Paper Jam Delano Capital website and listen back to previous topics we've covered. There's many there to discover. And we hope you'll subscribe to this series and send us your feedback. Thank you very much. Past results are not a guarantee of future results. This communication is of a general nature and not intended to provide investment advice or to be a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Statements attributed to an individual represent the opinion of that individual and may not necessarily represent the views of Capital Group or its affiliates.